0: Today on the Being Whole podcast, I welcome Cale Underberg. He's a special part of my life because he's actually my ex-husband. We've gone through a lot of ups and downs, and I'm really proud of the space that we're in, and I'm grateful and honored that he was able to join me in this conversation today. Cale is a civil engineer and father of two living in San Antonio, Texas. He's a South Dakota native and a graduate of South Dakota State University. Cale has lived in the San Antonio area since 2008. Prior to living in Texas, Kale lived in Lincoln, Nebraska for four years. While in Nebraska, Kale started working for the consulting engineering firm he has been with for the past 18 years. Cale is a licensed professional engineer in three states and has presented work at regional and national conferences and served as the South Texas Chapter President for the National Water Environment Federation Organization. Cale enjoys the arts, traveling, outdoor adventure, and spending time working out. Kale aspires to randomly finding a large pallet of $100 bills, retiring from work, and traveling the world to experience people, cultures, and the planet. Let's get this conversation started. All right, everyone. As promised, I am here with Kale Underberg. Um, Kale, thank you for taking time to be on the show today and to share a little bit about your life with us. So just kind of give everybody a little bit of an overview, who you are, what you do, all the good stuff.
1: Uh, My name is Kale Underberg. I live in San Antonio, Texas. I'm an engineer, originally grew up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I have two amazing kids who who our host knows. (laughs) And uh, that's that's it uh, in a nutshell. That's uh, the bottom line basics.
0: Um, yes, I do know your children. They are fantastic, probably the brightest children that I've ever met. And if you haven't gathered by now, those children are also mine. (laughs) Kale is actually my ex-husband. And so I'm really excited to have him on the show today to not only tell a little bit more kind of about his background and his story and, you know, what's brought him to where he is today, but also to kind of showcase the different ways that our relationship has evolved and the ways that we've kind of um, had our own ups and downs and brought us to where we are now. So again, Kale, it's really cool to me that you're on today. Yeah. And I talked to the kids about it and they were like, you know, to ask them, I was like, how do you feel about that? And they, they thought it was pretty cool too. So I'm excited.
1: I see you got your pronouns down there some real liberal hippie shit right there. So can we say can we say swear words on here?
0: Yes, you can say swear words. And yeah, so okay. I guess that is some liberal hippie shit. Um, that is, that's a holdover from my university days. That was pretty common in the classes that I taught. But it's interesting that you bring that up because then stepping out of the academic space and being on meetings with people, that isn't as common. And so I do have people point that out or ask about it quite frequently.
1: Does it At my in my office there are there are people that have on their name badge on their door they have pronouns, but they're also typically allies um, as part of a group that you can join within the company to um, you know meet with like-minded people, I guess
0: yeah. Yeah. And so, so that's interesting too. Like when you think about it, you know, people have probably some pretty big stereotypes about engineers and their openness and things like that. So, you know, that's through your workplace that people are finding that, um, those spaces to interact and everything. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it is. They have all sorts of groups that they've created from minority or marginalized groups of people. So they have specific ones based on you know, maybe it's race or sexuality, gender identity, a lot of different groups. So they're trying, let's just put it that way.
0: Yeah, you know, and I think that that's one thing that there's just so many continued conversations that need to be had on multiple levels. And I think organizations are are trying to, some of them better than others, (laughs) are trying to figure out, you know, where to have company policy versus where to have supportive groups and all of those things and of course i'm biased the number one thing i think needs to happen is just to have more transparent communication and ask their employees you know how to to be supportive and all those types of things but i know it's it's difficult and you know obviously we're kind of jumping right into some different topics but this you know inside of itself the idea of allies and having more programs and just more support has probably shifted a lot in your life and you know can you tell us a little bit like why that is and how that has looked for you
1: the big uh, smoking gun or whatever <laughs> is uh, i'm gay i haven't i haven't always lived a life where i've identified as such i suspect i always have been hindsight is always 2020. But um, the reality is, is, you know, you're, you're a product of, of your youth, of where you're raised. <laughs> also, the era in which I was raised, I mean, originally from South Dakota, you know, imagine South Dakota 30 years ago, let alone what you see in the news about how conservative South Dakota is now. They're, they're constantly embarrassing themselves with, conservative, liberal, crazy shit. And so growing up in South Dakota, I didn't have a single person that I knew that was gay, a single person. I I knew my, I had a cousin who was gay. He was referred to as kind of a girlish nickname. Mm -hmm. Um, I I remember, um, you know, jokes from friends and family about gay people. And I, I guess I don't know if sexuality wasn't like that big a deal, or if I'm just <laughs> slow, or why. You know, I, I th- there are a lot of gay people that they know from the time they are mm-hmm. in kindergarten that they're gay. They're they're trying to wear dresses and they're they're wearing their mom's clothes and they're you know doing some very stereotypical gay things. That wasn't me, I was, I was in sports. I loved running and riding my bike and, and uh, stereotypical social norms for a boy. So just really didn't know because I had, I had no way of knowing. I had no way of identifying it. And to the younger generation, it sounds insane. Like they can't even uh, fathom it. This Mm -hmm. is before cell phones, before internet, you know, before um, the leaps that the acceptance had taken in the last 20 years where a lot of young people haven't even, don't even know any different, which is awesome. It's great. But um, it wasn't always like that. I say it certainly wasn't like that for me.
0: Well, and the reality of it is too, is even in a lot of places in South Dakota, that still isn't the reality with, with what's compared to, you know, a lot of people who, who have great acceptance, like you said, is wonderful, but that's not representative of everywhere. And so it is, it's hard for people to fathom because obviously, you know, you and I have talked about this and other people have then asked me questions about it. And it's like, no, he, you don't understand unless you grew up there it just wasn't right, yeah. part of the conversation it wasn't part of anything unless it's exactly what you said or you know whispers about somebody over here but then it wasn't even something that it was talked about in bigger circles and there wasn't the internet and even you know you're thinking about cable there were like maybe four channels you know it just was a much different space and then as well any time that you maybe ventured out, and you know it's not like you weren't a worldly person. You would travel or go places, you know. Then you're just in pockets of places for a period of time in this role that you've always been in, you know, not yeah. really sitting there questioning yourself or anything like that. So it's
1: yeah. I mean, yeah. Go ahead.
0: No, that's exactly what I was going to say. Go ahead.
1: Even with even with the travel, you still you still took with you a small town mentality, which is, you know, you, you don't you don't feel the anonymity, you you feel like the person on the street corner would call you out if they needed to call you out. And that's really not the case in most big cities. I mean, you just mind your own business. Um, but I mean, Sioux Falls, the largest city in South Dakota, I think, maybe is on their fifth year of having like a pride event, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, we're in 2022. And this is only their fifth year of having a pride event. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a real thing, but again, I, I never questioned it. I never thought I, I, I never hid it. I never had to hide it because I didn't know, you know, which I, I know that that might sound really crazy to some people and, and maybe, a, you know, for me again, hindsight is twenty twenty. I can see some things where I'm like, really kale, you know, <laughs> but, but you know, it it, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't me hiding from something.
0: No. And that's, you know, that's something too, people have asked me and, you know, I, I never felt tricked. You know, it's not like I thought like there was something that you, yes, you had been hiding this and living this lie. And then all of a sudden you could no longer take it. Like it really, you know, I'll never forget the conversation that we had about it. And it really, you know, was this awakening for you of like oh hey this is this is what's true for me or this is you know what i need to go and and have that and that was obviously after we were divorced and what have you but i think that that's something that's really important to speak on because that, that's reality. You know, there are, you are not the only person who has had that experience, who is just not even understood necessarily the ways maybe some of like thinking even just about different periods of time in your life that you've had or different frustrations or anxieties or what have you. And it's like one of those things that until they all come together and you understand what they are and you understand what that is, especially when you're not exposed to anyone in the lifestyle, there was just not even a place where you could have been around people to experience that. It really wasn't until we moved to Lincoln and went to a gay bar on occasion and hung out with people, you know, through school and stuff like that, that it was like, oh, hey, there's this whole other world and again i know it sounds weird for people now to fathom but we have come so far from that time that you know it sounds like we're talking about back in the olden days or something like that but it really wasn't
1: yeah no it definitely does and yeah part of that is well I, i can't exactly say i'm young anymore but also yeah coming from a conservative place and the u.s having come so far in the last You know, not even 20 years, you know, really, you know, when was when was uh, gay marriage uh, legalized? You know, 2008, you know, here I'm going to lose my gay card right here by not knowing that. But it hasn't been that long ago. That's the thing for 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 people that that don't have uh, contacts in the gay community. The feeling used or whatever um, would be uh, called uh, having, you know, your beard. Uh, you would you would have your girlfriend your girlfriend who would be your beard you know basically saying um no I'm not gay look I've got a girlfriend you know look I'm a man I have a beard you know the beard doesn't make you a man um so yeah that's that's the term that's used but no that wasn't the case I, you know there was no no smoking gun nothing like that so so you know just oh, go ahead very slow to figure it out and have,
0: <laughs> well, have I,
1: that uh have that opportunity really
0: yeah i mean i think that's that's what it is you know you can't necessarily explore something until you're given the space to do so and yeah. you know So thinking about that, what that was like for you, because, you know, obviously, and you know, that wasn't the reason for our divorce, too. People are probably like, oh, you know, what's happening? And that really wasn't, you know, you and I had our own compatibility issues and things like that, which I honestly think so many of those things were for both of us. We were working through different traumas, different identity struggles, because you and I as friends now, like we still have all the reasons why we liked each other in the beginning. You know, you're interesting Mm -hmm. to talk to, you're intelligent, you're fun to hang around. And, and so when you um, came out to me, we had already been divorced. It wasn't like a, a mm-hmm. catalyst for a divorce or what have you. So what was that really like for you, you know, to be, just to give people context then, you know, yeah, he wasn't in his twenties, you know, you're going through this. And I know you also didn't necessarily have a wonderful space to talk to a lot of people about that because of everything that had transpired.
1: I mean, a couple of things that I'd like to talk to about that. One, one is, yeah, our marriage and, and, mm-hmm. you know, our relationship, but yeah, also coming out gay in the decade of age that I am right now without saying it, um, <laughs> but we'll say like later in life. Um, you know, it's, it's really strange because there really is a, a learning curve, Mm -hmm. You know, you think, well, it's, it's your sexuality. And if that's what you are, then you just automatically are it, but there's a whole lifestyle and dance. It's not all healthy at all. And so I've, I've definitely had some really tough times dealing with it and navigating relationships and, what's healthy and what's not. And uh, yeah, there are definitely challenges there, but also coming out, you know, for, for the first four or five years or whatever, for me, it was on a need to know basis, the people that were important in my life and the people that I knew were allies and could handle it. That's, that's who I told. And, and that was fine with me. I was fine with that. I didn't need to be out waving the flag and dressed in, uh, a crop top glitter and unicorns. Ultimately, ultimately, uh, last fall, I realized that some of that was enabling some people close to me to avoid coming to terms with it. Mm. You know, it was kind of out of sight, out of mind that, that really affected me. That really, bothered me. And it was then that I really kind of made the decision that I was going to be more open about it. Mm -hmm. And, and also, and I think we touched on it earlier, you know, you said something about I'm not the only one that's, you know, gone through kind of this, you know, marriage coming out gay later in life. That's, that was another huge reason why I did it is because you know, first off, I'd like, I'd like a younger person that lives somewhere conservative to really think hard about it Mm -hmm. and feel supported and know, you know, that, that they can feel supported and they can come from a place like that and they can be out and, and find a community that will accept them. So that was big, but also just to be able to relate to people that might have gone through the same process as me. I mean, since I, since I came out and what I did, it, I wrote, wrote something on Facebook and Instagram, mm-hmm. and it was on National Coming Out Day, which, in my opinion, was not grandstanding because um, it's not like I did it for sole attention. I felt like by doing it then, it was, it was part of a day to do this among other people, but th- I did choose that day to do it. I, I tried to explain, you know, where I came from and what it was with my upbringing and my life that brought me to this point. Hopefully also admonish some of the whole, yeah, like smoking gun, beard, all those kind of things and help people understand how, how I got to this point and mm-hmm. why it took so long in, in those things. So.
0: Yeah. And I think that that was when you did that, you know, that was such a huge step for you. And I know that it was something that obviously was a big decision for you to get to that point, not only for, you know, what you then were going to have to experience with questions and thoughts and things that other people had, what other people thought about you putting it out there, I guess, you know, it's the management of that. And I know as you and I've talked, then people were even messaging me, like, did you know, like, Taking a brief pause because I wanted to let you know that I have two spots open for one on one transformation with me inside of a three month container. We'll focus on your boundaries, your relational communication, and how you can move forward in a way that helps you feel whole. DM me the word coaching on Instagram at Dr. Cassandra LeClaire to get more info on working together. Now let's listen to the rest of the episode with Kale. And people were even messaging me, like, did you know? Like, it was some, everybody wanted it to be some big, you know, oh my goodness. I'm like, yeah, I did. Like we're good. And, and I think that's it. Everybody wants there to be some drama behind it or like the sensationalized story without then remembering that you're a real human attached to these things. And these are very difficult emotional experiences that you are having. And, you know, what does that really feel like for you, especially when, given our upbringing, given where we lived, given that that's not still not something that's as deeply embedded in the culture or the narrative, like you're saying. So people, there kind of even wrapping their heads around this, it, it's not as commonplace as I know some of my listeners are from very urban areas or very liberal areas, you know? And so again, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around like, wait, wait what? but that wasn't your reality. And really that still isn't your reality with a lot of people being super accepting and embracing this position where you're at.
1: Yeah, I mean, I will say when I came out, I came out for me and it didn't even dawn on me that I would receive support. I I did it for me. I did it to be out there Mm -hmm. and to try to help potentially others. And I was blown away by the support. I mean i i had no idea it was really overwhelming so that was awesome uh i don't i i didn't have a single person that um that expressed that they were disappointed or whatever there are some people that i've lost touch with that i suspect are having a hard time Mm -hmm. rectifying my lifestyle with most likely religion and and that's fine that just means we're different people it's not my job to teach them, tell them otherwise. So, so that's fine. I'm, I'm good. I've got a good network of friends. I, I'm on solid ground. So I'm, I'm not worried about that.
0: Well, and you know, I really want to applaud you and commend you because you are on solid ground and you had to go through so many ups and downs and, you know, really you taking care of yourself, you know, just also, I always ask people, you know, what are the things that got you through the difficult times? What are the things and, in, you know, obviously you go to the gym and you have a lot of different ways that you've then really tried to take control of your mental health surrounding all of these experiences that you've gone through.
1: Yeah, certainly there's really two different things there going on. I mean, my mental health unrelated to my, my lifestyle, you know, just plain hereditary stuff, Mm -hmm. a lot of stress, a lot of anxiety, depression. And so, you know, definitely there are things that I do to, to make that as good as possible. There's, there's a lot of things. I mean, I, I actually, excuse me if I'm looking over here at a list, but you know, there are a lot of things that I do do that that help keep my head on my, uh, shoulders as straight as possible. But, you know, I, I do see a counselor and, and I see them often. And most, most times we talk about nothing to do with mental health. You know, it's just, uh, it's just an outlet. It's a consistent outlet. I've been going to the same counselor since I think like 2014. That's one thing that really helps exercise and eating right. Absolutely. I don't know that I've ever gone through a period where I really haven't made some effort towards exercise, whether it be running or or lifting and and trying to eat decent. I I do know when I don't, I'm not a very happy person. I'm not very happy with myself. So um, I do think it, it provides release and gets rid of some of that pent up potential anxiety meds sure certainly yeah <laughs>
0: no I mean I think I yeah, don't, don't know.
1: want to dwell I don't on that and be mm-hmm. you know I think I think we don't we don't understand enough about our our biology for pharmaceutical companies to just all of a sudden make you fucking happy as hell yeah. um, but there are things that can chill you out and and I think that that's what that does
0: well and I think that I mean obviously I don't think you give yourself enough credit for the ways that you really are um you know you're very structured with like your working out and with the ways that you are disciplined about it and that you have that internal motivation to continue to make it happen or in same way with eating healthfully and everything like that and I really commend you for that because that is something where, especially when life feels overwhelming, you know, it, it's so much easier to just want to sink into the couch or whatever. Right. And yeah. so I think that you've always really modeled that really well in terms of, you know, there are, there are you, cause you also have a very stressful job, you know, so on top of all of these things, you're, you have a very um, stressful professional career. And so finding those ways to manage stress and, and to let go and reduce some of that. And thank you for being open about going to counseling because men need to be open about that shit. And it's just really devastating, honestly, if you look at the statistics and suicide rates and mental health numbers. And you know, we've unfortunately raised a society of men who think it's, you know, they shouldn't talk about their feelings and that it makes them weak and that's vulnerable and they can't do that. And it's just really damaging on so many levels, not only to men, but to their families, to their loved ones, because it Mm -hmm. it causes so many problems. So I really appreciate your willingness to just state that too. Thank you.
1: Yeah. But there are other things too. I mean, you know, I've learned not to overextend myself and that that really does kind of go for work. Don't tell my bosses, but, you know, (laughs) you just ultimately it's that whole, you know, At the end of the day you're not going to say gosh i I wish i would have worked longer and harder you you go in you you put forth your best effort but then at some point you got to let it leave it behind and so i don't have uh for instance i don't have my email my work email on my phone i found out that that was a ping 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 and just a incredible anxiety producing thing to have mondays i take i take uh mondays i i leave at five o'clock. Nobody's going to make me stay late on a Monday. Mondays are kind of hard. I don't look forward to them. I start getting concerned about them on Sunday, maybe even Saturday night. So I take Mondays off. I don't plan anything with anybody on Monday nights. Mm -hmm. I leave at five. I go to the gym, but then I go home and if I stare at the wall, I stare at the wall. Um, I don't even have, I don't even have, uh, I have internet, but I don't even have any sort of t- uh, cable service, uh, any, mm-hmm. like, I got rid of Netflix within the last couple of months, mm-hmm. because I just don't sit home and watch TV. I'm I'm mm-hmm. way too busy. And I've got better things to do with my time than sit and watch TV. Yeah, the, you know, there's, there are these things that I do to, you know, I surround myself with good people, mm-hmm. um, positive people, positive things. And uh, I think those are all things that yeah, I do to To protect myself and my mental health and my well-being.
0: I think that Monday thing, that's such a good... tip that uh, I hope a lot of people can implement that somehow, because it's just a small tweak of like, okay, yep, I already know on Monday nights, then I'm going to leave that for myself. And you and I have talked about that because Mondays are always hard for me too, because it's like I've rested all weekend, and then, you know, kind of have that crash a little bit too. So just even really having that awareness to understand your own ebbs and flows and to see where you can take some control in that. Because again, like, you know, we're all you know, especially when you're working for a company and things like that, there are so many things that are out of your control or there's not always the flexibility that we want and things like that. So really looking at the spaces that you can then, you know, hone in on a little bit more and what can this look like for me? And I think that that's so smart that you're, um, you know thinking about those things and continually adapting to that as well.
1: Yeah, no, it works for me and it, it's the timing of it. You know, it's like one day at a time Monday approach you know I can make it till five o'clock and then then I know it's me time and that's what I have to look forward to and Mm -hmm. it it helps so so overall
0: when you're thinking about you know just obviously we've kind of talked a lot about a lot of different things you know what are the you know, going forward and things like that? Are you open at work about everything? Is it just something that has to come up for you now frequently? Or now do you just get to live your life and your sexuality only comes up? Like if somebody questions you about it, like on a podcast.
1: (laughs) I still would maintain that I'm not hiding anything and that I feel good with um, where I'm at. My sexuality doesn't define me. Mm -hmm. I don't need it to define me and I'm not living a a lie. I'm not living in a closet, whatever. So I'm in a good space at work. No, nobody needs to know my sexuality any more than somebody needs to know about a coworker's life outside the office, their wife, their kids, their whatever, Mm -hmm. on a heterosexual Mm -hmm. basis. So at work, no. I mean, I did say, you know, that I I do attend some of these meetings, they're online, they're virtual across the company, you know, across the country, you know, so those people, again, it's a, it's a safe space, like-minded people, allies, but other than that at work, no, I'm good, no, you know, it's probably the worst kept secret and I don't care, you know, I, I could care less. If somebody wants to talk to me about it, if someone wants to ask me about it, I'm happy to you know?
0: Well, like you say, it shouldn't have any bearing on it, any, like anything else. I mean, it doesn't obviously does not impact your ability to be a good engineer, (laughs) you know? And so that's the reality of that. Okay. I have a question that I've never asked you before. Um, So feel free to pass or phone a friend. (laughs) Um, So were you scared to tell the kids?
1: They were, they were the very first two people that I voluntarily told. I felt like they had the first right to know. You know, looking back, now it seemed like they, you know, they're really young. And so this is something big for them to get their arms around. But I also felt, even at that time, that they were uh, worldly, that they were intelligent, that they were in touch, that Mm -hmm they knew me as a pretty good dad and -hmm. that this wasn't going to be a deal breaker for them. You know, it was something that the, one of the first things that I made sure is that I wasn't going to do anything to embarrass them, Mm -hmm. Um, that I was still me keeping in mind where they were in school where kids can be so cruel that you know i wasn't going to intentionally do anything to to make things difficult for them and i I, i'm hopeful i did that and i checked in with them periodically to say how are you doing Mm -hmm. you know does this come up has anybody asked Mm -hmm. is anybody you know causing issues to make sure that they were okay and that they weren't just holding something inside and usually it was the, no, you know, and that was about it. You know, with actually the help of my counselor too, sometimes I tried to ask more poignant questions so they can't just respond with a yes or no, that they have to give a little narrative to explain mm-hmm. why based on my questioning. You know, as far as far as everything I could tell, they were they, they've been good. Yeah. They were, it was so important for me to tell them and I bawled when I told them, Mm -hmm. um, and they're hugging me, Yeah, (laughs) you know, it was really pretty special. It's not something that you want to have to do. It was, um, it was actually pretty touching,
0: you know, and, and they're never once not not once not even for like half a second did they ever come to me either and have any level of upset about it their concern always was for how people were going to treat you you know because of where then we live too you know and because of some of the politics here and things like that And it wasn't even like, oh, how are my friends going to be toward me? It was it was that and that's still their concern. And the thing that angers them or frustrates them, you know, is, is about some of the things, the ways that people talk or some of the things, obviously, again, based on where we live, you know, the legislation that's made or talked about or what have you. And I, I really think that too, I'm going to go ahead and give us some credit there. I think that we just are very good at like talking to the kids about things and giving them space to kind of also express their opinions and having those conversations with them. And, and that's the thing, you know, a lot of times people don't want to have conversations because they're difficult or they don't know what to say, but like, God, that doesn't make it any easier, you know, avoiding it and pushing it aside and, and not not digging in to talk about the discomfort or whatever it is that doesn't make it go away.
1: Yeah, and I think the biggest thing you can do is just be be honest with your kids and treat them with respect and treat them treat them that, that you don't have to treat them like your kids. You don't it not everything has to be a lesson you can talk through it and you can have them ask questions and ask them if they have any questions and encourage them to think for themselves. But yeah, I think what, you know, I don't, I don't think we've down talked them and, and we've, we've treated them with respect and I think they see that and it makes them then respond in a way, you know, that, that, hey, you've treated me like a human being, and so I'm gonna prove to you back that I am, you know? Um, So that's something that, yeah, I do think talking through things with your kids, just being open and honest with them, created a couple of amazing kids in my opinion. I think So.
0: so too. Okay, so because you've had to do so much, you know, really mental work around a lot of this, you know, after kind of having these realizations and being able to understand this and coming out, how different do you feel as a person?
1: You know, it's just, you know, it's all part of life's challenges. Some people, some people have medical issues. Some people have family issues, some people, you know, whatever it is. And so this has just been another one of mine. Again, I don't, I don't I don't look at it to define me any more than it does and that people will make it define me. It's, there's been challenges, but been necessary, you know, it's, I'm not hiding from anything. And so you put in the work to, to make things as best as they possibly can be. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's all you can do. Mm -hmm. And um, don't sweat it again. If, if somebody doesn't, doesn't understand, you know, if, if they, if they truly want to know, and want to talk about it. That's great. But I'm not here to change anybody's minds. You know mm-hmm. it's it's just not that it 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 becomes a very big part of your life, but it it's also something that doesn't need to define you. So yeah. I don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about it.
0: no, And I think that that's important just to thanks for being just so open about it and having this conversation because I think it's interesting you know, of course, like people want to ask me about it or when they find out and it's just like, it's something that it's just like, not the most interesting thing about you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is not the thing that defines you. It is not in my opinion or to me too. So, and not like it's an afterthought. And of course I'm not trying to take away a piece of your identity and tell you it's no big deal or Mm -hmm. anything like that. But it's more just like sometimes the importance that we place upon, you know, this piece of it as though then all of these other pieces of you and what makes you who you are are somehow now less valid or less important because this thing exists.
1: I think I said, you know, okay, there's this piece and I'm not trying to change the subject either, but it kind of goes along with it. And it's, you know, it's the whole being married and being in a heterosexual relationship for 14, 15 years, having kids, you know, having lived my life straight, do I have, you know, regrets? And absolutely not. I don't. It's all, it's all made me part of who I am. I see it all as growth and, and a learning experience. And yeah, certainly, certainly you and I, we got divorced for a reason. Mm-hmm. Reasons, you know, where we had tried and maybe we weren't hundred percent compatible and you know there's that stigma that goes along with divorce and honestly I think it's so courageous if two people have done what they can to make it work Mm -hmm. and then admit you know what this just isn't it we should probably move on that's that's something incredibly courageous and so the stigma The stigma that somehow it's a failure or that again, there's a smoking gun or one person is responsible that, oh, well, this is because of, you know, this it's not, it's, it's way more complex than that. Typically, you know, maybe not always, but, but I don't have any regrets. I don't have any regrets with moving, you know, from South Dakota to Nebraska to Texas. Never thought I'd live in Texas, but you know, (laughs) It, it is what it is and um you know i've made a good life for myself and hopefully for the kids and mm-hmm. and there's still things for me to accomplish and things for me to do and things yeah. for me to go you know this isn't this isn't the end so but definitely don't don't regret anything in my past it if i did i mean i just think for a person to do that to themselves to just be literally a killer you're literally mentally killing Mm -hmm. yourself to have those things weigh on you so i mean
0: i can see too where you know like i'm sure there is a space where yeah you get to it and you're like, okay, what if I would have known all of these years, you know, And you, or you could do the what ifs and, and, you know, then, and so almost like allowing yourself to grieve that then instead of, you know, spiraling down that allowing yourself. Yeah. Okay. I did miss out on this other space while I was having, you know, this other life over here. And that doesn't mean that you think that the life you had with me or with the kids is like, you know, oh, you're wishing it away. But I can completely understand that there's a grief there too, and or a feeling of just like, you know, a recognition or an understanding of like what you're saying of the process that you're going through and into this lifestyle is happening in a different space, you know, than when if a lot of people it happens for them, you know, in childhood or when they go to college or whenever it is, right? And so I think too, then, you know, just that takes so much um, trust and faith in yourself. Like you say, you know, you could go down this path of being like, oh, I regret this or this was bad or why did I do that? But that doesn't change it, right? It's all those things still happened. And so- really being able to recognize that it was all part of the growth that you had to have. It was all part of the experience that you needed to have to get you to this point, you know, and there are going to still be things going forward too.
1: Yeah. No, again, it's, it's not me suppressing something. It's not me playing mental tricks on myself. I just don't, I don't, I don't have any regrets, even to the point where probably I saved myself a lot of, 20 something messy <laughs> stuff that goes along with the lifestyle. You know, I still I still act out, I still misbehave, but I also have probably as good a head on my shoulders as I've ever had. And so you can you can deal with a lot of the drama mm-hmm. better because you see it as drama now. As opposed to maybe if I would have been dealing with some of these things when I was in my 20s. I definitely could be accused of chasing youth. No doubt. It's, uh, it's not about that it's not about missing that part of my life with regard to my sexuality or that. Wow, I really um, wasted a lot of my time. No, nah, nothing like that.
0: I don't think you chase you. Here's what I tell the kids because I always say this to them too. I'm like, look, I'm just really hip and fun. And so I resonate well with people who are young. <laughs> but I think too, though, you're you're so active and you want to go and do things. And, and the reality of it is, is a lot of people our age are just tired and beat down. And so they've kind of lost some of that like zest And, you know, I think some of that comes from our circumstances, you know, I was sick. So then I have a different take on like where I want to go and what I want to do. You've had this different life now to open up for you. And so it kind of changes almost like your perspective on, you know, yeah, I want to go explore, I want to do, or I want to have this, this lifestyle or this, this space that I haven't had before. Whereas like a lot of our friends or people our age have just, they're not in that space. So I've tried to explain this to my friends too. It's like, it's not that I don't want to hang out with you. Obviously we're awesome. Cause there was like, why do you hang out with people in their twenties? And I'm like, because they want to go do fun stuff. <laughs> so <Yeah>. do I.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. It is true. I can relate. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs>
0: oh. Well, I'm so appreciative of you taking time to come today and also just for your openness and your transparency. It obviously, it's going to help a lot of people, but it just also means a lot to me personally, because we have had a lot of, a lot of ups and downs and I'm, you know, I'm not necessarily proud of how every one of of those moments went, but I'm really proud of the way that we've navigated through it. And that I think that that's something too, you know, it's hard to co-parent. It's hard to get a divorce. And like you said, so really being able to have, I, I am, I'm proud of the way that we've done things. I'm proud of our kids. And I just, I'm really appreciative of you coming on today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, it was, uh, it's, it's been nice. It's been a good conversation. I don't think there was a whole lot that you and I discussed that we probably haven't before, but it's good to it's good to have the conversation too, a bit therapeutic, uh, hopefully for both of us. So it's good. Yeah.
0: Well, is there anywhere where you want people to find you online or anything like that, that I can point them to, or anything that you want to share before we wrap up?
1: Mm, it, you're more than welcome to follow me on Instagram or make- Facebook or whatever. I'm pretty easy to figure out. <laughs> it's all, my first and last name, no caps, no spaces, no periods, nothing. So mm-hmm. pretty much Twitter face. Well, Facebook is my actual with a space, but Instagram too is just my first and last name. So
0: yeah, well, then you can get inspiration to go to the gym. If you follow Kale on Instagram, that's like, oh
1: gosh, I better go <laughs> yeah. to <it> <laughs> That's true. It's all, it's all, it's become all just uh, gym <laughs> selfies. So that's all I've got.
0: It's great. I love it. All right. Thanks again for being here. Thanks for listening, everyone. Here are a few of my takeaways from this conversation. Growing up and even subconsciously knowing you are gay, not having anyone in your life who is gay to set an example can feel confusing. It sometimes takes being in the right time, right place where you feel fully confident to step into your true self. Number two, there may be a learning curve in adjusting to life once you come out, but there is a huge community navigating it. That you can reach out to for support number three people from your past may have a lot of trouble coming to terms with your lifestyle which is why having healthy outlets and a support system is crucial to be in a good place mentally and emotionally number four like kale is firm on his monday boundaries it's important for your mental health not to overextend yourself and to draw a line in the sand in order to make sure you have time for yourself regularly and predictably if possible Thank you so much for listening. I hope you come back next week for another episode. Bye-bye.